listen to me because I'm only going to say this once. We're going on the trip now. It's going to be rough. It's going to feel like it's going on for a long time, so it's going to be hard to stay alert. It's going to be even harder to be quiet, but you have to do both. You have to do every single thing I say or we'll not make it. Under no circumstances are you allowed to take off your blindfold. If I find that you have, I will hurt you. It's cold, we have blankets. Boy, you have your dog. Girl, you have your kitty. This is just a place. There's nothing more than we need from it. And no talking on the river. You must listen as closely as you can. If you hear something in the woods, you tell me. If you hear something in the water, you tell me. But you never, ever take your blindfold off. Do you understand? decimates the population, only one thing is certain. If you see it, you die. The survivors must now avoid coming face-to-face with an entity that takes the form of their worst fears. Searching for hope and a new beginning, a woman and her children embark on a dangerous journey through the woods and down a river to find the one place that may offer sanctuary. To make it, they'll have to cover their eyes from the evil that chases them and complete the trip blindfolded. Welcome to another feature presentation of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we're going to be covering 2018's Bird Box, directed by Suzanne Bierre. Colin, I am uh, considering legal action. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I want to sue Netflix under Section 18 of the Australian Consumer Law, for misleading and deceptive conduct because there are no bird vaginas in this movie. <laughs> There's no bird boxes. What's happening? What's happening to the world? <laughs> Just a bird in a box. Um, <laughs> yeah, I uh I first I thought you were going to say I'm suing I'm suing you for emotional distress for for making me watch <laughs> this for your pick. <laughs> oh boy. Uh guys, welcome back to Midnight Double Feature. Uh, today we're obviously covering Bird Box, the recent Netflix uh, phenomenon, I think, is probably the best word. Like, this is everywhere. Uh, Bird Box. So, um, Colin, you, 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 you picked this movie. Uh, give me your thoughts. Tell me why you picked this specific movie. Um, and honestly, uh, yeah, and just give me your thoughts, the, your overall thoughts on this movie. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was like, hey, let's do Bird Box, uh, I hadn't even seen it yet. Like, I still, I, I just, uh, like, no, I'm just kidding. I, I'd you seen it. Piece, uh, I was going to say, you piece of shit. <laughs> I'm going to do that one of these days. I'm going to pull the trigger on something. And, like, okay, so we watch the movies while we're talking about them. Just as a point of reference, it's great imagery to have. But the funny thing is, I'm going to just sit here one day and just go, oh, yeah, I'm going to pick this movie and then just <laughs> just do it as I'm going along. And, like, I, oh I haven't God. watched it. Fuck it. <laughs> you, you're going to be like, oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. So that happened. Oh, <laughs> so he is his father that's nice um <laughs> but yeah i um you know i i watched this movie um yeah like my uh my girlfriend Lindsay and i watched this she was really keen uh to get me to see it and she wanted to know my opinion on it uh there's a lot of cool fan theories about this there's a lot of interesting stuff about what this movie's actually about um but all in all you know it's it, for better or for worse it's a push in the right direction 
That's the that's the point. That's the that, I think that's a, uh, the point of this. And it's not, uh, you know, this is a book. This is this is not something that you know. This is not a, an original thing like uh, like Quiet Place or like Get Out or something like that. Like these other horror movies that we have coming up that have been like real testaments to like how. Uh, and we talked about this on our Get Out episode with Matthew Anderson from LSG about this new wave of like like smarter horror, like like good horror movies, like not. We're not watching the slasher slasher movies anymore. We're not really watching monster movies anymore. You know, things have gotten um, a little bit more complicated. You know, and you look at the stuff that has been that has been bigger horror movies. Like the, I, I'd say, the last really big horror movie franchise though was like what's like Saw. Really? I mean, I mean that that's the last uh, one I can think, I think of. Yeah, I think I think Conjuring Conjuring's ramping up. There. Yeah, uh, that's true. You got Insidious as well. Uh, Insidious is up to part four, so. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Those those things have gone on for a hot minute. But um, but yeah, it's it's a uh, because I feel like and but I even even with stuff like Insidious and The Conjuring, I feel like those are like uh, not I don't want to say in the same league as we're talking about, you know, Quiet Place and Get Out and and like these more recent horror movies that could they kind of have a, a an interesting take on things. Um, like it, it, it all goes back to kind of like a monsters with rules thing, like, like tremors, you know, I love the movie tremors. I, I watch that all the time as a kid. Um, but it's like, there's, there's, you know, something going on in, in this town or there's something attacking them. And there's a, it's like a specific kind of weakness or specific kind of strength that these monsters always have. Uh, and that's, that's what I've always found really interesting in storytelling is like, you can't overpower these things, but it has to be very like it, has, it just has to be such a simple thing. Um, this that being said, this does this movie feel like an M Night Shyamalan movie? Doesn't this doesn't this, yes. this feel so yes. Shyamalan ding dong? Um, Absolutely, it feels very Shyamalan. Um, oh, dude! And by the way, I just watched Glass. Do not watch Glass. I'm going to. I oh, fuck you, dude. I have. I love Do Unbreakable. Not watch Glass. I love Split. I'm like, dude. I'm gonna go see it. I know I'm probably gonna be disappointed. and He's gonna break my heart, but like. Seeing fucking um, oh god, uh, how did I seeing Bruce Willis back in it as David Dunn? I was like, dude, I at least want to see it for that because I loved that character. I love David Dunn, and that that's back when Bruce Willis wasn't fucking clocking it in, you know. Um, but anyways, back to Bird Box. Um, <laughs> this uh, this movie, you know, it's just it's interesting. This is um, you know this this is a huge step for Netflix in in terms of what they're doing. Um, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I, I would definitely say that the, the Netflix films they've been making, um, I mean, doing wrong stranger things has some Winona Ryder, um, and there's some, some other like high, higher end actors on things, but like Sandra Bullock in this movie, I was like, damn, you know, I, I know she's not as hot as she was back in the day, but still like, I, I was very surprised to see Sandra Bullock doing a Netflix horror movie. I was like, What? Like what the fuck is that about? And I'm, I mean, I like Sandra Bullock. I don't have a problem with her. I really don't. Like I've, I've liked her in most of the things I've seen her in. Um, but this movie was just so interesting. And I was like, you know, and it's, it's. I, I have a bad problem of of sticking to like older stuff. If anybody or listens to the show, they understand that. I've uh, most most of my favorite movies came out before I was even born. Not to be all fucking hipsterish, but whatever. Um, like a lot of, a lot of that stuff I love is like, you know, practical effects and smart horror of like the eighties and things like that. Um, and it, it, it's, it's good to get out of that sometimes though. I've been trying to get better about going out and seeing things, you know, and not like, oh, Hey, yeah, let's fucking just watch, watch monster squad. 
Um, <laughs> which, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop that one in on every episode now. Fuck. By the way, <laughs> um, or in the mouth of madness. Um, but, but like, um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I I was trying to at least see what what all the buzz was about. Is this worthy of the praise that it's getting, or is it just kind of like is it a is it just a is it just a hot topic? Is it just a flare up? Um, you know, is it is it really getting more praise than it's worth? So, I, and I think that's I think it's interesting too because you know we're right in the middle of uh, as a film podcast, we're kind of right in the middle of this weird transition of people going to the movies and people you know just kind of stopping doing that. Uh, and starting all of these streaming services and now these streaming services making their own TV shows and their own movies. And it's, um, it's crazy now, you know, buying, buying your tickets just right there on your phone and it's assigned seating, you know, and it's like, holy shit, like this is so odd now, like going to the movies is such a different thing. Um, so I think this is, it's, it's at least interesting to talk about. It's, you know, it's, it's a coolish movie. I don't love everything about it. It's got a cool premise. Um, but you know, also some kind of like wacky moments as well. And we can get into them as we get there, but uh, for the most part, I I do I like this movie, um, but there, it's definitely not without its problems, you know. Nice. Um, so yeah, look, I do agree with you with uh, for the most part. Um, and for those of you that listen to our upcoming attractions episodes, uh, you guys know that I, for some reason, I've been avoiding this movie, and it's not really because of any one particular thing. It's not because it's like. Uh, oh, it's in the zeitgeist right now. Everyone's talking about it, and I just kind of, like, stayed away from it. It, it honestly is because I, I, I went downstairs one day, my brother's watching it, and it just looked dreary and, like, boring. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing was, like, the color palette. Like, it looks like... If you've seen the show Ozark on Netflix, it's all gray and Ooh, washed out. yeah. And, I could definitely yeah. see that. A lot of blues and stuff. Yeah, um, and it just didn't really appeal to me. And then, like, I'd heard that, um, and this is something that I I don't like doing, but it's just it's just me as a person. Um, I heard from both critics and audiences that the ending is unsatisfying. And I think for a movie like this, where it's like um, building up to something, and like you know, there's this whole mystery element to it. Uh, I think it's really important that you kind of stick the landing. So. Like and hearing it from both critics and audiences, um, like I was just like, oh, okay, so probably uh, isn't that satisfying. Um, but that that being said, man, like when you chose this movie, I was like, for fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> like, look, we we released the upcoming attractions episode last week where we kind of like covered uh, all the movies that we've seen in 2018, and Matt Matt was talking about Bird Box, and I talked about like, oh, I don't really think I'll see that movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> And then, like the next day, you were like, "Let's do Bird Box." And I was that's, like, Fuck's uh, sake. "That's so funny," you know, because I was like, "Honestly, if you'd have just been like, nah, pick something else, man. I want to do something. What about this?'" I would have probably just been like, "Okay," but like <laughs> the fact that you, yeah. I, it's just the first thing I threw out, and you were like, "Okay, cool. I'm plugging the socials." <laughs> I was like, "All right, <laughs> fuck it, dude. Here we go." Well, yeah, because I don't, I don't want to be like, "Oh, I don't like your pick. Choose another one, bitch." <laughs> oh no, dude, I'll do that sometimes. Uh, like, I can't sit through another Michael Bay movie. Can I? Can I sway you to something else? Um, <laughs> oh man, but yeah, this look, this movie. I liked it a lot better than I thought it would. A lot, a lot more than I thought it would. Um, and it's not really the horror elements for me. It's more um, some of the mystery stuff. But really, Sandra Bullock, like she carries this movie. Like, and and there are some stuff 
that we'll get into um, that are a little silly um, that don't really work for me. But yeah, I think Sandra Bullock's performance more than anything shines in this in this in this movie. And like, I think out of anything, out of any one element, her performance is the the most watchable thing here. Um, this this movie's this movie's fantastic. Like, it's got a, it's got a great sort of mystery element, but. I don't think that mystery element is fully fleshed out enough. Uh, like they do lay out the rules very early of like, you know, what, what, what to do and things like that. But, um, I think I would, I would like a, a few more answers. Um, I, I'd, I'd like a little bit more. I don't want it to be like too answery. Like I don't want to know every single thing, but I would like a little more. Like, for example, I don't want to know what they look like. um, like in okay, I'm gonna read this. So in December 2001, in an interview with Bloody Disgusting, um, it's mentioned that the producers wanted the creatures to appear at some points, and they even designed a creature and shot a scene with one, um, but it was discarded. And Sandra Bullock described the creatures, saying, "You know, it was like a green man with a horrific baby face." Um, that's that's actually online that concept art, and it looks horrific. Yeah, it I saw awful. that shit. I was like, dude, this looks like one of like the Horcruxes Voldemort puts himself into. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, that is creepy. Like, it's like apparently at some point it was going to be like a dream sequence where it was like her baby as like this mix of like Cthulhu monster kind of thing. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm. I, I am kind of glad that they didn't show up, but at the same time, I don't know. You know, it's uh, there's it's got its ups and its downs. You see this a lot with like Lost and M Night Shyamalan and things like that. Like they, like you said, sticking the landing. Like they give you so much front loaded that it's kind of hard. They 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 I don't know. They they kind of like overpower their thrust and just don't stick the landing. I don't know what it is, right. but they always kind of are off just a little bit. Uh, it always right. it always seems like compromised uh, a little bit at the end of those. Right, exactly. And I think it's worth mentioning that this is based on a book and neither of us have read the book, so we don't really know what happens in the book. Uh, we know that there are a few changes. I think, Colin, you're going to bring up a couple maybe later, but um, I don't I don't have any I don't have anything. But um, it's a it's a it's a good movie. It's certainly it's certainly watchable. Um, but, yeah, I think the best element of this is Sandra Bullock and the, the journey that a character goes on. Um like and you know where she begins and where she ends up. It's a it's a very it's actually a very touching story. Um, and I and I really liked it. But um, there are like I said, there are a lot of problems and uh, not not a lot, but uh, um, you know, some that are really worth worth talking about. But um, it's it's okay. I'm I'm you know what I'm 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 glad that I watched this movie. I'm glad that you made me watch this movie because I probably wasn't gonna watch it. Um, despite like all of the the social. Uh, the, like everyone is talking about this movie, like this is a thing. Um, there's challenges and, uh, of it. The fucking bird box challenge, right? And I was gonna read that. So the bird box challenge, <laughs> uh, it originated in Australia. So you're welcome, world. Uh, in Australia, Netflix originally partnered with four Twitch streamers in performing what they called a bird box challenge, in which they would play some popular video games while blindfolded. However, the challenge has since turned into a global internet meme in which participants wear blindfolds and try to do day-to-day activities. In response, Netflix released several messages over social media advising people not to take not to undertake the challenge. Nevertheless, a 17-year-old in a blindfold taking part in the craze drove into oncoming traffic in Utah and crashed her car. 
prompting the police and the state to issue the same warning as Netflix. Uh, and the, the statement from Netflix was, <laughs> um, can't believe I have to say this, but <laughs> please do not hurt yourself with this Bird Box challenge. We don't know how this started and we appreciate the love, but boy and girl have just one wish for 2019 and it is just that you not end up in the same in the hospital due to memes. Uh, and that's from the Netflix US Twitter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but the original, uh, the original challenge was, um, this is a quote, Netflix is encouraging all gamers to try their hand at the Bird Boss challenge and all you'll need are the items listed above, blah, blah. Um, the idea is that you play your favorite game and try to make it through the section blindfolded on muscle memory, communication with a friend and your hearing. Uh, interesting challenge, but, uh, you know, with the youth that it is today, I'm, I'm not surprised that this blew up into a thing. Like right, yeah, uh, it's like, I can't believe nobody did, <clears throat> like, a blindfolded Tide Pod challenge. Like, like, like <laughs> let's, let's see right. how many you can crack open and snort while you're blindfolded. Yeah, that, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, but, um, yeah, man, look, decent movie, uh, not, not amazing, but I really did connect with, um, uh, Mallory's journey and, like, you know, where she ended up, I, I really did like that, uh, and there are some pretty damn good moments of tension. Um, the, 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 the moments of, uh, you know, kind of like showing what this thing is capable of. I, I, I really dug that, man. Like, it's, um, it's good. Also, is this in a trilogy? Like, you got Don't Breathe, you got A Quiet Place, and then you got Bird Box. <laughs> I know, right? Like, that's, that's, and that is one thing to Bird Box's credit. Like, a lot of people were saying, Oh, what is this? Just like another rip off of Quiet Place? It's like actually, I mean, this is based off a book from 2014. So, sorry, yeah. you know, sorry to break it to you, but like, eh, I mean, because yeah, it, on paper yeah. you're like, okay, so this is just like, don't he, don't see, don't hear, don't don't speak. Like, is that all this is? Yeah, I shot down one guy on Instagram. I was just like, well, technically, sorry. <laughs> I mean, the we, we do actually somewhat look into shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we do some work. Um, with this movie, though, I wasn't expecting so much of this movie to be set immediately after the events of the bre- of the breakout of the virus. It's um, real like quick because. Yeah, well, all of the all of the marketing and everything that I've seen was like her and her kids running through forests and shit. So I was like. Oh, okay. So it takes place quite a quite a bit after the breakout, but I wasn't expecting them to be in the house for however long they are. And yeah, um, a problem that I have with the with the entities though is like they have no physical shape, but they can't go through like doors and walls. Like, what exactly are the rules with the entities? I don't uh, I don't fully understand that. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, just quickly between Don't Breathe, A Quiet Place, and Bird Box, uh, what situation would you prefer if you if you if you were dropped into one of those situations, oh. like would you would you prefer not to talk, not to, uh, or like not to see? Like what's? Uh, oh, definitely not to talk because I mean, yeah, with quiet place at least, like you know, go live by a waterfall. You're you're cool. Like you can probably right, exactly. talk and, and and live normally and stuff. And at least there's like some way of defeating them. But with like bird box, it's like they don't know anything. There's like no weaknesses. There's only like an alert can't system. Even drive. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you can't even, I mean, yeah, you can't drive. You can't look at them through an image. Like there's like nothing, yeah, man. That's screens, crazy. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. Uh, decent movie. Uh, what do you say we get into this bitch? Unless you have any more opening thoughts. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> Uh, the movie opens on a river with a voice on the radio saying that the fastest way here is the river. Dude, this has actually got some pretty damn decent cinematography. Um, oh, for sure. I, I'm not 
a, a fan of the washed out sort of color color palette. But yeah, the shots of like them over the river is awesome. Uh, and we meet Mallory telling boy and girl that they have to be alert, quiet, and not to take off their blindfolds. Uh, she, it's pretty quiet. It's pretty wild, man. She's just straight up like, if you if you take off your blindfolds, I will hurt you. Yeah, it's like Jesus. <laughs> okay, where are child services? Um, I, I will. Look, I will. I will light five cigarettes and place them all between your toes <laughs> and let them burn I down will to the filter. Burn your skin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you look, you will die. So the rules are set up pretty early on, which is cool. Um, Mallory puts their birds in the box. Oh. Oh. And you know what? It just clicked. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, cool. Like, roll credits. Um, love the string and the rope set up. It reminds me of The Thing or Hateful Eight where they, you know, have to see the set up the lines to see in the snow or kind of navigate where they way in through the snow. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, they get in the boat and Mallory starts to paddle. Um, again, love the cinematography, uh, but everything looks great and whatever. Was this directed by Zack Snyder? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, you're so dark and gritty. You must be from the DC universe. <laughs> you must be edgy. <laughs> um, five years earlier. Uh, so five years is a long time. Like I said, I was not expecting it to be like, damn, like this, like this far into it, you know? Um Mallory's painting and in walks Jessica, played by Sarah Paulson, who is in Glass. <laughs> we were just talking about it. Um, She's she tells awesome, Mallory dude. Every, every, sorry to interrupt. Everything I see her no, in, no. I fucking love Sarah Paulson. She's really good. She's great. Have you seen The People vs. OJ? Yes. Lindsay watched that. I watched quite a bit of it with yeah. her, and she, dude, she fucking killed it. She's awesome. She nails it in that, man. She's awesome. Um, the news says that the airport is shut down. Streets are overrun with people trying to get out of the city. Mass suicides first recorded in Romania and spreading across Europe. You know what I love, though? I love that, like, in movies, whenever a character turns a TV on, um, it always cuts directly to the correct part of the news. Like, it's never the weather. <laughs> yeah, right. It's all, yeah, like, because it's always, and it, it's, it reminds me of a, uh, and Shaun of the Dead when he's flipping through, you know, of the channels. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, of people yeah. who are literally being eaten alive. Um, yeah. But uh, but this is one thing that I that I, that I I kind of like. We're five minutes in. The world has ended. I mean, the, the, world, right. the world has basically ended, like, right here. There's no fuckery. There's no fuck around. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I, I, I wish, like, once in a movie, like, someone would turn on the TV and just be like... <laughs> And uh, we got uh, showers up here in North Coast today, and like they full have to wait for the news report. <laughs> yeah, right. There's just like people screaming on fire, running outside, and they're just like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And the know. winning and the winning lotto numbers are fuck's <laughs> sake. We'll be back just after these breaks. These ads. <laughs> uh, uh, Mallory conveniently mutes the TV and turns it back as the news reports show that the virus is on um, like may reach the states. Like, did you notice the timing of that? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, dude, that's one thing. She's such a heavy character of, like, denial, you know? Like, I mean, she's, mm. she's like, I mean, she's all over it, man. And one thing that I that I heard, actually, that one of these, uh, that, you know, all these all these clips that they're showing are obviously real from other events that have happened. Um, but one of them, I guess, was, like, a terrorist attack in Canada, and people were calling out Netflix. They're like, hey, that's, that's insensitive yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, dude, all of these are real events. Like, you know, we're like we're we're going to use like something like some kind of explosions and 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 stuff. So like I I, I don't know. I th- I thought I was like I can see your point, but at the same time, you know, it, it's it, it's such a small shot of just like the fire, basically. That's all. That's really right. all it is. 
how many how many times do you see nine eleven in movies? Like it's 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 always it's always there. Like you know, it's like what's the statute of limitations on that kind of stuff? Right, exactly. Um, so uh, Mallory's um, <laughs> Mallory's pain is about like the inability to connect to anybody. She's worrying about uh, not being able to connect with the baby. Uh, it turns out Mallory's a bit of a loner, and we find out that someone named Ryan left her. Um, at the doctor's, she doesn't want to know the gender of the of the baby and refers to the pregnancy as a condition. Uh, I dig this doctor, man. She's a badass. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is pretty funny. I um, I like her right at the beginning. She's like, oh she's yeah, very direct. She's like, let's go get something to eat, get some wine. She's like, really, right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's very direct with her. I, I like her. Uh, the doctor suggests putting the child up for adoption. Uh, Mallory ends up throwing up and comes across a woman she saw earlier on her phone bashing her head against the glass. Yeah, that shit Dude. was whew. brutal. Fucking wild, man. Like, I'm just... And then she just stares at her as she walks past. Yeah, that, that's crazy. that's one of the most terrifying things about this is... Uh, now, I will say, like, not 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 to just beat a dead horse, but, like, for real, in the... I know you haven't seen it yet, but this is kind of a thing, like, in the mouth of madness. Like, people start... Son of a bitch. Dude, like, seriously, people start losing their minds. They start reading this book, and this, the same thing happens. Their eyes kind of go weird. And they start like killing people at random and doing shit like this. And I was like, "Whoa, this kind of reminds me of Mouth of Madness a little bit." Like just just a hair, like because it's a very similar eye effect that happens to people. Like they start crying blood and their eyes go all crazy. I was like, "Oh shit, okay, I can get behind this." You're gonna you're gonna make me watch that movie one day, aren't you? Oh, of course. <laughs> right. Yeah, but uh, I, runs out. I don't oh, feel bad for that on. chick slamming her head into the glass because she has a fucking like what tracksuit are you wearing? What is what is this like? You're, <laughs> Your mom's from, like, 72? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mallory runs outside uh, into Jessica's car, and she tells Jessica, it's happening now, the thing happening in Russia. I love I love her. Like, she's not, like, she doesn't waste any time wondering what's happening. She knows. Um, then the ambulance just smashes into a car in front of him. Do you know what this reminded me of? The, the line from Ghostbusters, human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Oh, dude, for sure. <laughs> like, for one thing, Sandra Bullock and Sarah Paulson, they, they actually do look like sisters quite a bit. Like, when you look at them side yeah. by side, I'm like, I can totally buy this. Like, well, um, Sandra Bullock uh, handpicked Sarah Paulson to play a sister. Oh, sweet. That's awesome. Because, yeah. like, Sarah Paulson looks like that sweeter, nicer kind of sister. But, I mean, Sandra Bullock looks she like does. she could fucking be a bitch, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, so this actually reminded me of a better app, better version of The Happening. Did you see The Happening? No, but I mean, I've heard all about it. I pretty much Yeah, know. don't watch it. Yeah. Don't watch it. But, like, the mo- <laughs> the like the moments of, like, the leaves chasing them and shit, uh, and, like, because The Happening opens with, like, a massive, like, suicide sequence, and this, this is honestly like that, but this is obviously done way, way better. Um I love the line from Sandra Bullock, uh, Mallory. I find it comforting to focus on the wrong things. Uh, there's a massive explosion behind them. Uh, there's so much horse fucking shit. Hold your horses. Oh, <laughs> like, like horse would, she be, would she be making jokes at this time? Like, maybe it's a copy <laughs> mechanism. I don't know. Um, Jessica says, what the fuck is that? And it was laser focused on something directly in front of her. Uh, she accelerates and swerves wildly before hitting a car. The car flips, but I love Jessica still like kind of being focused ahead of her as the car's like mid flip. 
Like that's pretty cool. Like it's it's still flipping over and she's still staring ahead of her. Oh yeah, um, dude. And plus like the the tears coming from her eyes are just kind of like slowly yeah. falling out. I'm like, damn, dude. And, like I, I love the way the eyes look. That's a that's an it, awesome effect. It looks awesome. Especially later when we meet Gary. Uh yes. like the, the guy who just infiltrates him. Um but yeah, uh Jessica crawls out and walks in front of a garbage truck. Holy shit. And that, that, I, I think that's the worst part about this thing is like, I think when these people are doing it, whatever this is, you know, whether it's, you know, it's, it's, um, religious or biological or whatever, whatever this thing is, you know, obviously it, it, it takes you over and forces you to do something that you don't want to do. And I, and I think that most of these people, when they start doing this, like, like, I, I feel like there's a part of them in the back of their head that's like, no, wait, what, what? No, like, what am, stop. Yeah. Like, like, like they're they're kind of like passengers to it, and that scares the fuck out of me, man. For sure, like you like like just being a a passenger in your own body. I swear we okay, yeah. So this reminded me of like the conversation we had with the Get Out episode, right? Exactly. Because remember, remember, remember with Get Out, um, like the spoilers for Get Out. Um, the thing is, like, basically, they do a, a brain sort of like uh, what, what's the word? Um, like a, a procedure, and like. You're in there, but you're watching. You're watching your body do things that you can't control. You're literally a passenger that just he, he literally has no control of your own body. Like that. That's talk about prison. Talk about a prison sentence right there. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, there's chaos everywhere. Um, this scene's pretty well done, man. I, I I like this whole entire opening sort of sequence. Um, we meet John Malkovich's Douglas with his wife Lydia, um, saying that she's pregnant and offers Mallory refuge. Uh, but Lydia st- uh, stops, looks up, and sees her mum saying, "Please don't go." Um, yeah, wild. Uh, we we meet a few of the characters here. Everyone's kind of introduced here. We meet Travante Rhodes as Tom. Uh, Travante Rhodes, man, check him out. If in Moonlight, he's pretty awesome. Uh, he's also in The Predator as well. I uh, do. Uh, this he- guy's. He's like one of the best parts of this movie, hands down. Right, if, if not exactly. If not the best part of this movie, like I, I fucking love his character as Tom. I, I love super it. Super likable, yeah, super likable. Uh, he runs up and helps Mall- Mallory. He tells Mallory to keep her eyes down as Lydia just sits down in the burning car as it explodes, Ooh. just casually. See, and this, this is something that, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> when your mind looks at an image that doesn't make any sense. Like everything in your mind is telling you that's a car. It's on fire. What the fuck you to get out? Stop. No, like everything in your head, like violently disagrees with that. So to like see somebody doing it so casually is like it's unnerving. Like like it it goes beyond something that's like terrifying. Like it's like it's it's like to the level of like hearing a fork being scratched on a plate. Like it just like it like hurts your brain to see that. And that's what makes that. That's truly to me what's like fucking just horrifying. Like not scary, not like oh my god, but like just the horror of what of what it is. Like oh my god, that fucking scares the shit out of me, man. I, I no, dude, I totally agree. Like your human instinct is to be like oh shit, that's a burning car. Let me get away from that as much as I can. But man, just the casual nature of just walking up and sitting down. Like damn. Right. Um, your brain is just like does not compute like it just uh, like I, I can't reason with that you know right um so douglas sees lydia go and sit down in the car uh and refuses the, uh, to open the door to let them in saying that lydia went to help mallory and now she's gone uh we get bd wong from jurassic park pretty fucking awesome dude 
Yeah, of uh, course. Of course, he's like the he, he's kind of like the, the like the chaotic neutral good. He's like Dale yeah. from, Dale from The Walking Dead, you know. So you know this guy's not going to yeah. live more than like ten minutes. <laughs> a lot of this, a lot of this did remind me of The Walking Dead. I'll get into it later, exactly what parts, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, and a, a, a girl named Lucy joins them. So Lucy's played by Rosa Salazar. She's going to be playing Alita in that Alita Battle Angel movie. Oh, um, okay. She's hot. Um, we meet, uh, I never took her name, her character's name down, but Jackie Weaver's in this. She's a pretty big Australian actress. She's from Sydney. Uh, and Machine Gun Kelly. All right. I guess. Why are you in here? <laughs> you said J- Jackie Weave? Jackie Weaver. Who who does she play? Uh, that old lady. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. I she's got you. She's been in a few movies. Um, she was in Silver Linings Playbook. She's been in um, Animal Kingdom, the Animal Kingdom movie, not the show. Um, she's she's a damn good actress, though. Cheryl, she's, that's yeah. who she plays. She plays Cheryl. Cheryl. Uh, of course, she's got the old lady name, dude. I tell you what's kind of crazy. Uh, just if I don't say this now, I'll forget about it. It's getting way farther ahead. But like, she is one of like the least used people in this, and she makes right. it almost all the. I mean, she she's like one of the last people to die. I was like, wow, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. You made it all that way, you know? I was like, and she's, yeah. there's never really any kind of, like, explanation of why she's there, what she does. Like, she chimes in every once in a while, and that's really about it. And I was like, wow, that's that's absolutely crazy that you made it all the way to the end of this. That's odd. You know what it is? There's a lesson in there. It's like, I'm, I'm a part of this group, right? And they're all making, like, group decisions and shit. Let me... <laughs> Let me sit in the background and hopefully don't get picked for the team and then I'll survive. And that's exactly what happens. She survives like right to the end because she minds her own fucking business. Right. Yes. Yeah, they don't even know she's actually there. She's just been living on the walls and shit. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm begging brownies. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Douglas thinks it's a biological weapon. I love John Malkovich, man. It's been a while since I've seen him. So it was really good to see him again. Um, but I love, uh, I've always loved this guy, man. Like he's delivery and everything. Uh, I can't stop thinking of him as, uh, Cyrus the virus from Con Air. <laughs> oh, dude, I, um, like I'll always think, well, being John Malkovich, uh, oh, yeah. but also, yeah, like his delivery, like, like <laughs> I saw something with, who is the guy that played Red Skull in Infinity War? Um, oh, here you go waving. No, 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 no. In Infinity War. Oh, um, oh, oh, yeah, the the guy from Walking Dead. It's like Aaron uh, from Walking name. Dead or something like that. Yeah, but he's he swaps up famous people and he does John Malkovich in Fight Club, and it, it is like I want you to hit me as hard <laughs> as you can, dude. It is so fucking good, dude. He does such a great impression of John Malkovich, and I love that about John Malkovich. Like he's all, like there's something about the way that he talks that is so fucking good, like. His character, to throw back to a way older episode of ours called The Void, um, he reminds me of the dad. You remember the dad and the son? You know, and yeah, like, I do. There's a great line that the dad has in The Void, and she's like, oh, my God, we're all going to die. He's like, no, we're not going to die. You're going to die. Like, <laughs> it all, is- I, all I think of is just... Con Air, man, like that. You will. The last thing you will see is the flies buzzing over your rotting corpse. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man, boy. he um, would be good in a Tarantino flick. Why has that never uh, happened, dude? Totally. But he's a Cohen boy. He's uh, uh, yeah. totally a Cohen boy. Um, where are we? Oh, yes. So Douglas thinks it's a biological weapon. North Korea or Iran? Uh, 
Tom says Tom says his crew saw one. If you see it, it makes you kill yourself. And at this point, I just wrote, I'm intrigued. Like, you got me. I'm hooked. Um, the president has declared a state of emergency and has closed all borders. So, you know, obviously, I have to make a joke here, right? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I was like, oh, wow, that's, it, it's, it's crazy that a fictional movie from December... Of 2018, there's a state of emergency, the borders are closed, and it's because there's a virus that's making everyone kill themselves. But now Can it, you... Uh, I, I was going to say, can you imagine that human Cheeto trying to deal with this? I was going to... I mean... God, no, I mean... For, Twitter's offline! Twi- oh my god! For what, for, Sad! For one thing, he could never he could never cover up his eyes. I mean, he couldn't survive in Quiet Place because he won't ever shut up. But like the, the the problem of like not looking into a mirror every forty five seconds, um, uh, like dude, I mean he would die almost immediately. Um, but you know it's his yeah. fucking toupee falls off as he's running. <laughs> I just I can't I can't believe it. You know the the, the government shut down the you know the president shut down the borders and declared declared a play, uh, state of emergency, and it's like wow. All it takes is to deny someone a baby gate here, and that's what it does. That's crazy. In the movie, it has to be some fucking like. The insane apocalyptic end of the world thing is like that's that's hilarious. For sure, uh, we meet Charlie, played by Lil Rel Howery from Get Out, um, and basically he's got the, he's got the theories. He says, "Dude, every time someone mentions the word Endgame, I'm just like Avengers Four, <laughs> Avengers Four. Avengers. <laughs> humanity has been judged. So I'm just like, is this biblical? Uh, and also, God, I wish this role was played by Jordan Peele." Every time, like I see this guy, I'm just like Jordan Peele, please. please. Oh, dude, I don't know. I fucking love this dude. He's hilarious. I do love man. this dude. Yeah, he is hilarious. He like, he like for sure. Uh, he says that all religions have one: uh, demons or spirits that take the form of your greatest fears or deepest loss. Uh, he's, he's been studying it for years on the internet, working on a novel. Yeah, I love that. She said, uh, Did you go to school? He's like, Nah, kind of. I mean, I got all my information from the internet. I mean, fuck, I'm writing a book, guys. <laughs> <laughs> seems seems reliable, right? Um, Tom thinks Mallory might have a concussion, and Mallory tells Tom about Jessica's face when she saw the thing. Um, she doesn't get sad, and she's not suicidal. And Douglas tells Mallory, sorry, Douglas tells Mallory that Lydia's mother has been dead for ten years. Uh, we cut back to present day, six hours on the river. Mallory gives some water to the birds, calls out on the radio, but only gets static. Uh, the birds start chirping, and Mallory starts hearing a whisper that calls out her name. Uh, we cut back to three days after the attack. There's no words from the authorities. The radio says, uh, don't look at the things and don't go outside. Um, we find out that Douglas works in bankruptcy. This doesn't really go anywhere. The whole suing, uh, suing him and shit like that. I don't, uh, I think it's just character building for Douglas. That's all it is. Like he's just, he's a, he's a grumpy fucking old, he's a, he's a grumpy old man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. But I gotta say, if I'm anybody in this movie, I'm fucking Douglas, dude. (laughs) Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm fucking. I'm so Douglas, dude. I, 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 I love. You know, later on with uh, what's his name, Gary, the guy that they let in, Gary, and they're yeah. like, Gary, they're like, Douglas, this is murder. He goes, No, that is murder. Letting people in is murder. He's gonna kill all of us. I'm like, Yeah, I gotta say, I'm on Douglas' side. Like, he almost seems ex-military, kind of. Yeah, totally. Tell you who I am, dude. I'm Charlie, that the 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 the, the fat chubby guy, uh, the black guy. <laughs> Uh, I'm just like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to the store. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like a wealth of knowledge, but he's like, I'm not going out there. Fuck that. Fuck that. Um, there's a knock on the door. A woman named Olympia is asking for help, and Tom wants to open the door. Douglas refuses, and Mallory just fucking cocks the shotgun. Damn. 
Yeah, that's good. Just some fucking major Sarah Connor vibes there. For sure, dude. She's got a lot of that in this. Um, Tom opens the door uh, after they cover all their eyes. Uh, Charlie asks Olympia if she's pregnant. Would have been great if she was just like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. At first I was like, oh, no, that's going to look oh, bad. Yeah. I uh, love. I, I, well, I love Douglas's line. Great. Yeah. Now we can all starve yeah. in the maternity ward. <laughs> <laughs> that was my next note, dude. Oh, shit. Like, Great. Now we can all starve here in the maternity ward. Um, they need supplies, but they can't see. Greg suggests using the cameras because they're uh, digitized and that their colors on a screen. The logic here is sound, dude. I I can totally see why they would think this. Like I was actually surprised when the when the creature actually kind of affected them through the through the cameras, uh, because, like, this this, this this, looks like something that could work. Right, yeah, I, and I, th- I think it's it's almost, it's a, it's a red herring. It's kind of leading up to that, like, oh, yeah, oh, well, if we do this, you know, it, it, okay, per- like, I think a perfect example is the movie Tremors. You can be on the ground, but you have to be on solid rock. So at some point, like, you can't just be running on, like, loose ground. You have to be on rock in the way that, like, you can see it, but you can't have direct visual with it. Um, and I, and I think that if that, if, if it hit that point, if they were just like, oh, you know, no, you, you can look at it through like mirrors or you can look at it through whatever, uh, it would make it a little bit too easy. So I, I, th- I think that everyone's kind of thinking like I certainly was that, that it was going to, this was going to be, uh, something they're going to get a weakness. They're going to get something to help them out. And that's just totally not the yeah. case. And it's such a to blow change, yeah. of morale, man. So fucking su- such a, such a morale blow for sure. By the way, man, did you know B.D. Wong is 59 years old? Wow, dude, he looks dude, fucking like, great for being 59. Yeah. Holy shit. Right. Like, he looks, I was like, dude, B.D. Wong looks awesome in this movie because I just, I mean, like, I saw him recently in Jurassic World too, right? So, and he looks a bit older in that, but like, he comes in and into this and I'm just like, whoa, what, what? But yeah, 50, 59 years old. Wild. Um, That's crazy because John Malkovich is 65. <laughs> <laughs> He's not that much older, dude. I'm like, holy shit. He might as well be 105. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he looks like fucking Van Helsing, dude. Especially when he grows out a beard. I'm like, holy shit. Are you sure you didn't get there, He's got Van that- Helsing? He's got that crazy wild gray hair, the fucking, um, Doc, uh, fucking Doc Brown hair. Oh, um, dude, yeah. Marty! Um, they tie Greg to a chair and he looks into the, into the monitor uh, we find out that Douglas is suing Greg because Greg's husband is an architect who wants to tear down the house and build something more modern. Uh, Colin, did you know it was twenty eight? It was twenty eighteen when this movie came out. I just want to put that out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, and I, well, uh, I, I love, uh, I love when he's talking to him. He's like, hey, you know, uh, you know, I never had anything against you and your husband. You were good people. It wasn't that. And he just goes, thank you, Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that line. But I love that, like, Douglas is suing him because he has to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> he has exactly. To look at the house. Dude, some of these neighborhoods, uh, man, that's fucking, that shit that they do. Like, I've heard some petty-ass shit about, like, somebody wanted to put a football, like, a local middle school football team, like, go so-and-so lightning bolts, and they wouldn't let him put it in their front lawn. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, god damn, dude, some of these people are so petty. But I don't, like, sometimes, like, I don't even think a lot of people realize how long... And costly, illegal fucking proceedings can take. Like, people just, oh, yeah, I'm suing you. Like, that is a massive fucking thing. Right, yeah, that's like, a lot of time and energy and money. That's that's kind of, like, life-changing. <laughs> um, 
But anyway, so Douglas is really rationing the alcohol. Did you notice just that he's yeah. fucking presses against his tongue? <laughs> um, but again, I think that also speaks to your theory that he might be from the, he might be a military, ex, ex-military um, with the rationing. Uh, Greg leaves, Greg sees leaves moving on the screen in the shadow and his eyes go a different color. And then we hear loud thudding. He tips over and smashes his skull. Lots of human bean juice here. Uh, I also uh, don't want to go past machine gun. Kelly trying to fuck Alita Battle Angel, like. <laughs> right, yeah. She starts hyperventilating, saying that, like, nobody's coming to get them, and he just fucking comes up behind her. Uh, I just said, dude, Machine Gun Kelly, eat something. And maybe get your ass to the gym. <laughs> I thought I thought you were you were the ent- entity for a sec. The way he comes up behind her and, like, holds her. Yeah, well, he, he looks like, like, um... <laughs> He looks like a guy who was like second running behind Jared Leto for the Joker. And he was like, fuck, man, I gotta go get all this shit removed. <laughs> nice. Uh, Olympia wants to bunk with Mallory. Um, I just wrote, she's a talker. I would walk off as well. <laughs> Mallory was, just walks off. I thought I thought that was Adele. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, it's Adele. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I'm I not saying anything. Susan Boyle. I, 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 <laughs> Adele is a fucking like gorgeous woman, but this woman does... The nose, like the hair, like a lot, a lot of her actually kind of looks like Adele. Like uh, I was like, oh wow, that's that's kind of weird. Like I'm not saying that to be mean. Like I fucking love Adele, but like at first it's like, oh, she seems very, very Adele like to me. You know, it didn't even like click. <laughs> I watched this movie on like autopilot because I was like writing down the notes, but it didn't even click for me that like uh, either boy or girl is like Olympias. <laughs> I was just fucking watching it on autopilot. I just assumed like both kids were fucking uh, Mallory's. And I was like, wait, how does that work? That can't work. <laughs> oh, she had twins? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, she's a talker and I would walk off as well. Uh, Mallory hears whispering uh, and goes to investigate. Walks in, walks in on Felix and Lucy banging. Uh, we get some side boob. Uh, <laughs> and I said, oh shit, I guess that was the bird box. um also is this calm down it's going to be all right sex like is that what this is like must be right i was so fucking panicked and like fucking like as pat oswald describes it like viking sex on a burning ship like you're just gonna fucking (laughs) die like who cares fucking you're just gonna die anyways they run off into that car like with that car and like they just start fucking doing some thelma and louise shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly let's just go kill someone and rob shit um, we got the present day, 14 hours on the river, uh, as Mallory's rowing along, along, she, so this is the scene that I saw, uh, with my, like when my brother was watching it, I was like, okay, I'm intrigued, but I'm not really intrigued enough to watch it. So she's rowing along, she hears a man's voice asking if they need help and it's okay to take their blindfolds off. And then he starts playing on Mallory's sort of like maternal feelings saying that the kids look hungry and that he's got some food as they row closer to share. Uh, to the shore, uh, Mallory pulls out a gun. Like, fucking wild, right? Some real Seracon shit, yeah. This, this is some of the scariest shit to me. And, and like, these people, totally. these people are the scariest parts of, like, Bird Box, because we don't know what these creatures look like. We don't really know anything about them. So, when we get people like this who are just, I mean, I don't know what you call it. Kind servants? of like, kind of like re- religious, faithful, or like, like really like radicalized like you know it, it reminds me a lot of uh have you did you play far cry 5 no the new I didn't, one whatever no. the fuck mm. 
Oh, okay. So it's set. It's set in the south. So you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, basically, like, there's this like cult leader, and like these, he's got these followers, these disciples, and they're just like blindly following him, even though he's just like spewing shit. Like that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have fucking no context, but sure, yeah, why not? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, yeah. these people are the are are far more terrifying to me than than anyone else. Just the whole. You know, he's like, and all of a sudden he's just right there. He's like, give me your blindfold. Take off your blindfold. I'm like, holy right. shit, that's fucking right. scary. Because she just like points it in all directions and starts firing, right? Um, and there's a joke about women firing weaponry there, but I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah, and uh, not John Goodman just grabs Mallory and starts struggling fucking John shoes. <laughs> She kicks off his shades and he says that he's seen one. He's seen the truth, and she just fucking hacks it in with a machete and they get away. Oh, right fucking in the fucking wild, jugular, dude. dude. And he just the water just pulls him under. I'm like, hell yeah, yeah, fucking right in the kisser. Um, cut back to the uh, cut back to after the attack. Uh, Tom tells them they've been, they've run out of food, food, and now they have to get outside. Charlie suggests his workplace, the Fields Market. Okay, so this is something that I've never liked in post-apocalyptic movies, and this is why I dropped out of The Walking Dead. I hate the, no, I'll go, I'll come too, you can't come. Like, uh, that is so tropey. Like, the whole argument about who's going, and then the whole, like, no, I care about you too much, you're going to get hurt. I'm, I'm so over that shit. Like, I don't, I don't like that. And The Walking Dead had that in every fucking episode. Yeah, at some point it's like <clears throat> Olympia's like I'll go. I'm like I, I'm I'm not I, I'm surprised that nobody turned around to her and they were like, "Are you out of your fucking mind? You were like <laughs> you would get killed so fucking quickly." Like, come on. She even says so. Like, she's such a spoiled kind of brat, you know. Like, she's a spoiled not not really a brat. She's really sweet, but she's always been spoiled, and she's always had people like looking out for her in that way. So I'm like, I don't really want her on a run with me watching my back you know like no way she's gonna fucking shoot me or stab me before they ever get a hold of me right exactly exactly um charlie doesn't want to go it's a supermarket you've been shopping before you want to get you want to get cereal the sign will say cereals (laughs) (laughs) um mallory convinces him by saying that it's a research of the book um oh awesome says I, I don't want to go past one thing um, earlier. You know, there was that couple in the house with them that went running out. They, you know, I went, yes. went off to find their kids or something like Children. that. Yeah. Yeah. They went off to find their kids. Uh, we, they drive like past their bodies at one point. They're, they're on the oh, ground. I didn't even notice. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I went back and just, I mean, I didn't at first, you know, there's so many dead bodies everywhere that it's kind of hard to like, it's kind of hard to really pick up on all of it, but I think it's when they first start getting out there that you that you see it. Um, but it that that's Damn. fucking like uh, I mean I I thought that that's great storytelling. I'm like cool, like that actually like that to have a little throwback to something you just talked about earlier. I kind of wish they did that um, with Felix and Lucy because we never get really get an answer from them. Yeah, like right? like they just drive off. Yeah. Um. So Tom says they have to black out the windows of the car. Um, and then it's like, but okay, the GPS isn't going to show random bullshit on the road that you may hit. Like, coming up 50 meters ahead is a human. Swerve, bitch. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's not um, like fucking, it's not like Minesweeper, you know? Right. Because, like, he says he says GPS, like, it's going to do that. And, like, at this point, I'd already written down the joke. So, fuck you. Yeah, the joke's staying in there. 
Better <laughs> uh, proximity sensor. Um, and then it's just like they're crushing skulls and he's just like, just a speed bump. <laughs> yeah, just a bump. We're fine. Just a bump. Yeah. There's uh, loud rumbling noises, proximity sensors from all, uh, from all sides. I love this, dude. I kind of, I do love the, like the tension that this sets up, especially through the proximity sensors. It's oh, good. Oh, yeah. And then fucking Charlie, he's like, breathe, Charlie, breathe. He's like, no, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> Charlie just wants out, man. He's he's fucking all up in arms. Um, they do the Evil Dead thing. Did you notice that? You know how Sam Raimi always does the first person camera thing, like the the camera just takes the point of view of the entity or the monster, oh, and it just like yeah, 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 yeah. I love that shit. They do, they do that a couple times, but yeah, Tom Tom just fucking floors it, and they they get to the the supermarket. Uh, they all get out blindfolded. This is like watching a game of Marco Polo. <laughs> Um, and Douglas heads straight to the booze and I love the joke from Charlie I'm not cleaning this shit up (laughs) (laughs) Tom gives Mallory some diapers tells her his sister's expecting her fourth Um, they get to know each other her dad was a cowboy on a real ranch Um, she says that he could have been his babysitter and he says uh, I hate this he says she could have been his hot babysitter. Was this written by a thirteen-year-old with like pre-cum <laughs> dripping down his pants as he read it? Like it, that, that's so shit. I hate that writing, man. Yeah, it's not. It's not a very good line. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's you know, make a. Yeah, it's like I know you. You probably want to like play hot, make her feel like a little bit younger. I know she's a little bit older than you, but like, like it's like, yeah, you're my hot babysitter. I'm eight and you're thirteen. She's like, ah, dude, that's fucking gross. Right, exactly. Um, Douglas, Douglas makes a toast uh, and says something that the human Cheeto would say uh, for making the world end of the world great again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's improvised. It wouldn't surprise me if it's improvised. Yeah, could be. Uh, he suggests staying in the supermarket, not caring about the rest of the people at Greg's place. Better them than us, dude. He's pretty cold, but honestly, I get it. I, I get it. I get yeah, it a little bit. I, uh, that's what. That's what I'm saying. Like. <laughs> If I'm anybody in this movie, I'm fucking Douglas. Like, <laughs> I, I get what he's saying. Like, some of us should stay here. Like, I can compromise with, it, you know, go and get the others and then come back here. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to fucking live in that big of a of a spot, a grocery store. Like, ooh, that's 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 kind of terrifying. There's man. a lot there's, of doors you got to keep an eye on. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of shit, man. Totally. Um, they hear. Oh. <laughs> uh. Mallory says they're not assholes and they're not staying. But yeah, they hear banging on a door to the loading dock and pleading for a guy from a guy to let them in. Uh, Douglas raises the gun and Tom cracks the door and Charlie recognizes the person as Fish Fingers. Uh, the birds are going crazy. Fish Fingers barges through and Charlie just fucking rushes him, ending up on the other side of the door. Uh, and then all you hear is like slashing noises and blood pools under the door. Fish Fingers just keeps banging on the door. That, Dude, th- Charlie's that's, a that's, fucking awesome. Like Charlie's awesome here. I love him. I uh, yeah. I, but part of me is like, dude, you can just run up and fucking like give him a Leonidas kick and kick him back into that yeah. thing. Like you don't have to run like, in there with him. This is Sparta. Yeah, this yeah, is totally. Charlie. Um, but uh, <laughs> but but yeah, and and also the, the like like this might be like. Except for uh, Gary later on at the end, like this, this is some of the most terrifying stuff. Is is this guy Fish Fingers? You know, because it's like he, he, it's like he has this trap set. They come, they activate the trap, he gets a kill, and then he just resets and just starts all over again. 
Like I feel like yeah. he could, he he might even be able to get out of there at any time. But he's just like I stay in here like like a spider with like a little nest and and yeah I, I can just like capture people and just pop out every once in a while, grab something and bring it back in, and that be it. Like holy fuck, that is fucking yeah. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah, totally. Like the thing the thing about them is like. Uh, they're they're smarter than zombies. They're not mindless. Like they can actually think. You know, like they've got they've got like a cognitive ability to to make decisions and open doors and things like that. Whereas zombies will just be like slamming against that door like mindlessly, uh, and that's kind of like the scary part. You know, like the fact that they have intent. Um, scary shit. Uh, Q, cut, cut back. Oh, sorry, cut to them back at Greg's. <laughs> Another novel I won't have to read. Says Malkovich. Jesus <laughs> Christ. He's such an ass. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Douglas and Mallory talk about his ex-wives, uh, Mallory's father, etc. They drink together and Douglas says there's only two types of people in this world, the assholes and the dead. And Mallory says she hopes there's more. Um, and this is the moment where we get, you know, Felix and Lucy. I thought they were just going to go fuck again, but really it's them stealing the car and taking off. I did not but. see this coming, man. I didn't. Neither like, did I. I Neither be, did I. But... Uh, one thing I was going to ask you: What do you think happens to them? Get like if if you if you can, you know, think f- five sentences of, of something that happened. I was like, I bet you they get out there, they try to go back to the grocery store. They think whatever, we can just stay here. We've got enough supplies, and they fucking bump into someone like Gary or or something or something else. A hundred bucks. I, I say that's what happens because like. They're they're the youngest of the group. They're rash. They're inexperienced. Like they're I mean they're obviously not team players to say in the least. Like so, there's something about it that I'm like, dude, these people don't survive more than fucking forty eight hours. Right. Well, we don't get enough information from like Felix to to kind of really accurately judge on what he's going to do. Like you kind of like get a feeling that he's pretty dumb. Like he's not right. he's not the smartest fellow in the room, but Lucy Lucy's Lucy comes off as a little intelligent. Plus, she's got some police training. Like they mentioned, like Felix mentions that she's at the academy still, but it might not be enough. Plus, she's very um, she's very panicky, and she was hyperventilating earlier when she saw Greg dead. So I don't know. Like I don't think these two will survive very long. I, I do agree with you. I think they do go back to the supermarket because Lucy knows knows where it is, and then she knows how to get there. Um, and you know what? I think you you are right. Like they do bump into like one of those psychos, the like from the mental asylum, who are like kind of like immune to these uh, to to the the suicidal tendencies. But yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't really have any other good guesses. I mean, other than like you know them taking the car and pretty much driving as far as they can from where they are now. Um, that's that's pretty much the only guess, but really I think the supermarket idea would be the smartest idea. And I think I think Lucy will be the one to come up with that, not Felix. So Yeah, I I was wondering because, you know, spoiler alert, uh, you know, we see her OBGYN at the end of the movie and I was like, wouldn't it be a motherfucker if you looked up and there's Felix and, and, and her and just like one of them had survived oh. and made it to that place? Like, you fucking piece of shit, man. Like, oh, my God. Like, kind of like some Night of the Living Dead type shit. Like, oh, my. Oh, my God. You're the one who survived. Like, that's fucking horrible. Dude, they're paddling for two days straight. Like, is this two states over is that like like because where are they right now what city i i think it's 
set in California, and the book it's set in Detroit, but I think it, this is set in California. From what I've read, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's California. Right, so, yeah. I mean, like, uh, paddling for two days straight with a current as well, like, you, you'd end up pretty fucking far, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's got the, you know, it's just pushing her straight down the river. Um, but you know, at some point I'm like, you know, like, how do you even know where you're going? You're just gonna be spinning in circles for a while. Like you have no fucking clue. Um, yeah, like I said, the current's just going to pull you, but still like, uh, like (laughs) I would just love, they're just like stuck up on a rock. They're not even in the water. And she's like, I think we got it. I think we got it. Like, just like pushing (laughs) these oars with like no resistance. She's like, I I don't know what's going on. I think we're picking up traction. (laughs) Uh, we cut to present day, 24 hours on the river. Uh, Mallory rows them uh, into the side of a truck and she knocks the boy, the food, and the blankets into the water. Fucking lo- lots of tension here, man. I kind of like, I, I sat up in my chair. I was like, shit. Hey, maybe um, strap your fucking t- shit down to your boat. You're <laughs> blind and you can't see anything. Like, strap everything down. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. That makes no sense. You're in a little fucking dinghy. Yeah. Um, she rows to shore and tells the kid to be quiet, the kids to be quiet, lay down flat and not to leave the boat. Uh, Mallory just takes a rock and walks up to an abandoned building. Uh, she takes blankets from the beds and scavenges supplies. Then she hears a noise and the rope thing starts being pulled. I don't know what to call that rope thing that she's carrying with her. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I don't know what to call that either. Kind of like a pulley thing. That's like, it's like, like a trail rope. of breadcrumbs. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> candy. Ooh, a piece Ooh, of candy. Piece of candy. <laughs> Ooh, a piece of candy. Dude, would we, we reference that way too fucking much. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking funny, man. Uh, yeah, she starts uh, seeing that, like, she hears that being fucking pulled along with the bed it's attached to. There's some good tension here. Yeah, I like um, this scene a lot. Yeah, me too. She goes outside, makes a run from it. She trips because it's a horror movie uh, and starts firing at some floating leaves. <laughs> this would have been so silly. This could have been so silly, but they do they do a good job, I think. And she fucking shoots one of the kids by accident. Oh fuck. <laughs> oh, wow. that, movie, that bird box movie got real dark. <clears throat> yeah, it got real dark, man. Um girl puts on a rope around puts a rope around her and heads into the forest and uh the leaves pretty much you know, she comes into contact with an entity, uh, and the leaves float in front of her before she gets pulled back by Mallory and fucking Mallory is pissed. Rightly so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for for one thing, at first I was like, I saw the little girl and she's walking up and the leaves start moving. She sticks her hand out. I'm like, oh, no, is this going to go like some telepathic, like weird ass route? And I was like, oh, okay, thank God. No, it's that's the monster. Never mind. Yeah, really glad they didn't fucking go in that direction. Oh, my Uh, God. There's already there's already enough like supernatural stuff happening in this. But yeah, Um, dude, that's about halfway. What do you think about taking a break right here? Let's do it. Fucking awesome, guys. We will be right back with more Bird Box. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. It's Zoheb just breaking in the middle here. Uh, We've got a few things that we just wanted to put out there for any newcomers, or if you're not part of our growing community, maybe this could benefit you too. Firstly, we just wanted to let the newbies know about our episodes and the way Midnight Double Feature is currently structured. As you know, right now you're listening to one of our feature presentations. When we started the podcast, we basically built the show around our feature presentations. These are movies that we choose to cover and basically go through everything in the movie that's worth talking about sequentially. These episodes are generally longer, and we're definitely looking at options to spice up our feature presentations by 
about getting guests on, very much like LSG Media's Matt Anderson in our Get Out feature presentation. We also have our upcoming attraction episodes. Typically, these come out during the week and are much shorter than our feature presentations. These are hosted by Matt Vella and basically consist of a conversation between Matt and I about any movie news that's worth talking about, quick reviews of movies that are currently out in the cinemas, and other hijinks. Finally, we have our special features. These are usually one-off special episodes that are mostly experimental and don't really have any specific definition. They could be a sit-down with a cast or crew member, a conversation between the hosts, or just a straight-up different thing that might not even relate to film. Before I let you get back to the episode, I just wanted to thank our listeners and supporters. We definitely couldn't have done any of this without your guys' constant support. If, for some reason, you're not a part of our growing community, head to our socials. We've got two pages on Facebook, Midnight Double Feature, which is our main page and has our formal announcements, and we also have the After Party, which is where we post memes, news, and teasers of what's next to come on Midnight Double Feature. We're also on Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature, and Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. Thanks again for listening, guys. Back to the show. Hey, guys, we are back, freshly squeezed, uh, and we're diving right back into Bird Box. Um, so basically, uh, we got Travante Rhodes' character, Tom, talking about his deployment in Iraq. Uh, he sees a guy who was walking his kids to school in the middle of chaos, basically. Um, and his unit, uh, followed him day after day, escorting him. And at the end of the day, the guy gave him, uh, at the end of his tour, uh, the guy gave him a necklace. Um, meanwhile, Olympia lets in Cutler Beckett into the house. Do you get that reference, Colin? Probably not. No, no, not at all. Uh, so this guy's from, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3. Uh, that first trilogy, oh. uh, and he's that that you know British bureaucrat. Uh he's fucking uh, he's fucking Jim Beach in Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yes, he is. Yes, he is. I knew you'd pick up on that. Oh yeah, My- um, Miami himself. <laughs> hell yeah, Miami. Uh, Mallory aims a gun at him, and he gets down. I. Are you a simpleton? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, dude. I am fucking Douglas, dude. I fucking love that line. Uh, Gary wants to stay and be safe. He says psychos from Northwood Mental Institution broke into his buddy's place. Uh, they took him outside and forced their eyes open. Uh, and when the psychos broke in, they didn't wear blindfolds. They wanted to see. They were happy. Uh, at this moment, I was just like, Fuck, this is actually super intriguing. Dude, th- like, th- this is so cool. This is when the movie, like, ratchets everything up. Like, honestly, yeah. th- this is when I really start to, uh, like, in- like, like the second half of this movie is a lot stronger than the first half. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, because the first half is very, like, there's a lot of, like, apocaly- post-apocalyptic tropes. Um, it- it's very, it's it's a little... It's a little tropey, but yeah, the second half of this movie really, it really comes into its own. Um, Douglas grabs the shotgun and orders Gary to fuck off. <laughs> oh, yeah. T- tells uh, anybody who doesn't like it, they can get the fuck out, too. I'm like, holy yeah. shit. I love him, man. And uh, Cheryl just fucking smashes a pot on Douglas's head and they take him to the garage. Um, but fucking finally, she does something, right? Uh, Olympia wants Mallory to take care of the baby if anything happens to her. Kind of a big responsibility to dump on someone, though. Yeah, I think it's because she, she's like, I know I'm not going to make it through this. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, uh, still, it's it's not like, you know, if everything becomes okay, can you just leave my baby at a fire station? 
<laughs> Dude, well, I love uh, I and like I'm not sure when Olympia says it, but you know they're they're talking about you know her her letting in. Um, oh God, uh, I'm just gonna keep calling him Jim Gary. Beach now. Yeah, Gary. Uh, she was like, you know, I know what it felt like to be the other person on the side of that door. Mm. And I was like, God, that's good, man. That's good writing like that. That that really yeah. that's all you need to empathize in that situation. And it, and, it, and it got me. I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand, you know, as much as I agree with Douglas and shit, like I, I fucking get it. I really do. I do. I do agree with that. And like <laughs> Olympia, the, <laughs> she kind of strikes me a little bit, uh, a little bit on the spectrum. Yeah, Does like it, she's she's like, not yeah she's 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 not cognitively a hundred percent there. Right. I'm not sure if I'm the only one who got that. I, I don't know if it's just the way the actress was playing her. Um, but yeah, she kind of like she doesn't come off as uh, someone who will survive by themselves in this kind of situation. Oh God, no! Let's put no, it, let's this, put it this, that way. Let's this girl, way. this girl is food. If she's not in this house, you know, like holy shit, right. Totally. Uh, Mallory gives her a kitten keychain, which obviously uh, gets given to the girl later. Uh, we cut back to 38 hours on the river. Mallory calls a meeting and they all huddle under a blanket. Uh, she needs to talk to the kids about the rapids. Uh, one of the kids is going to have to look, telling Mallory which direction to steer. Uh, and boy is brave as fuck. Just puts his hand up, man. Like, good on you, dude. Yeah, dude, uh, this this is when you really and for one thing we haven't talked about these kids yet. Um, yeah, I, for sure. I love yeah. them. I think they're great. They're great, especially the little girl. She gets a lot more of the screen time. I feel like, um, but she is just adorable. You know, Mallory. You know, like I love the way that she talks. She is so cute, and it kind of makes it even more like you. You really like because that girl is so cute and so innocent and just so sweet. Um, you kind of look at Mallory and you're like, God, lady, like, you know, and when, you know, she, the boy's like, yeah, I'll look. She's like, no, I decide who looks. And she are kind of getting the feeling that she's going to tell her, no, like, girl, right. you, you have to look. And I'm like, ah, that's fucked up, man. That is so yeah. fucked up and dark. Yeah, but you know what? Like, we'll talk about it when we get to it, like, because these scenes are kind of broken up. Um, So, you know, we get this little this little moment here and then it cuts back. Um, to like Gary, like doing his fucking deeds and shit. But yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to it. But I love the way that like that fucked up decision that she's about to make, like making um the girl go, like having to look. I, I love that it's in service to um Mallory's uh, sort of arc as a character because she didn't care about boy, like when you know when she was pregnant with him. But the fact that she's making the girl true, like look is the like you know like i care about boy a little bit enough to send this girl to death pretty much right exactly um, and, I, and i don't know if it's something like does she harbor anything against girl like because her mom is the one who let gary ed and all of this happened because of that oh, um, i didn't think about it that way that's or, cool yeah. i was like is there is there some kind of resentment there uh, like i don't know because she is she's annoying you know she kind of lets this person in and it's the downfall of all of them like I would get why, you know, I, I would get it if she were like a little resentful of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we cut back to after the attack, the flashback. Uh, they all bond over a song. What song is this? Oh, shit. I fucking can't remember. Um, Neither do I. I, I like, I know, uh, I, I know it's something I, th I thought I would hear in like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and Olympia starts getting contractions. 
the bird the bird chirps and Gary notices. So that's pretty kind of important, right? Gary just kind of looks at the birds. Uh, at this point, I was thinking that Gary was like, oh, okay, the bird chirps. So maybe there's like a like an entity in here already uh, or something like that. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I thought maybe like that he was a good guy. I didn't, I honestly did not see this thing with Gary coming at all. I just, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't thinking. I don't know. No, because he's um, he, he's kind of he's really likable. Like right off the bat, he's helpless. He and totally he's, is. And, you know, and, and you, you think, okay, well, they've lost some people. They'll they'll gain some numbers back. And Gary, you know, maybe he, he's like a doctor or something. Who knows? Um, but also, like, if you like, I like the fact that they kind of keep his eyes away from you. Like when you first see him, um, I I don't know if it really shows the full extent of what his eyes look like, but they do a good job of kind of keeping them away from you when you first see him. And like, um, when he's across the room, you know, the song, that song, the forever and never you stay in my heart, uh, which is a really good sign. So I don't know who does it. Um, but he, uh, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of stays away from him. There's not a lot of close ups on him is what I'm saying. Like you don't really see his eyes all that well. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't even like think of that. Um, cause I just thought, it, oh yeah. Or is it like, I just thought, is it something like that kicks in later on? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, well, I that's what I thought. That's, right. I can't. Uh, I, like, I, if there's anyone who's read the book out there, definitely let us know. I'd like to like, I'd like to know that. Right. Yeah. Cause I can't really see it. Like when they're in this kitchen scene, but like, I'm not sure if it's just because there's not a whole lot of light on him or if you've got a little bit closer, you could see it, but he does have that like wide eyed kind of like. <laughs> I've been hitting fucking LSD and some ecstasy for like a whole weekend, <laughs> like kind of look. Uh, Mallory's water breaks uh, conveniently. They both have the baby at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that she looks over at Douglas, who just kind of nods because <laughs> he's been sequestered, obviously, like uh, he wanted to kick out Gary. And like <laughs> there's that shot of like basically just Douglas like nodding and realizing that, oh, shit, she's about to have the baby. Uh, and then I just wrote, geez, there's a lot of yelling in this sequence. <laughs> oh, I love, I love Tom. You guys are doing great. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Mallory has a boy. Uh, Gary puts on some classical music, uh, to drown out the carnage going on upstairs. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, I, I thought he just puts on the music because I guess he can't bear to hear two women simultaneously giving birth upstairs. But, uh, he lays out these weird ass drawings, dude. Um, it kind of reminded me of like you know in the ring when they just the kid just starts drawing the circles. Oh, dude, absolutely! Like, the black like, circles. M- like there's there's a couple of these that are like like I'm not scared easily by much, but the, about, about the last three or four he puts out there, I'm like that's fucking terrifying. Like yeah. that is so fucking scary, and they it kind of cuts back to like what I was talking about this like. HP Lovecraft, like Cthulhu kind of thing, where they talked about the old ones, like the ancient ones. These kind of like. Um, I, I don't know what you would call them, kind of like, kind of free flowing, like aquatic monster kind of things, like these huge leviathans, like like um, cep- cephalopods. Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of like it reminds me of um, Arrival. Have you seen Arrival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the aliens in that? Like it's kind of like tentacly and they're like massive. Yeah, which um, is actually another thing from yeah. In the Mouth of Madness, actually. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh shit, these fuck. fucking these fucking creatures look like similar and shit. But I love that uh, I get, it's easy for someone to point a finger and say, oh, well, that's what they look like. It's like, no, that's what Gary sees like in his head. Sure. I, this is not what they really look like. Like, it's going to look like different things to different people. 
Yeah, because they look like baby monsters. Baby face monsters. Right, yeah, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Um, he takes the birds and puts them in the freezer, goes and tears down the window shades and just starts looking outside. Uh, Tom finds the drawings and looks uh, looks for Gary, taking the birds out of the freezer before Gary knocks him out. Uh, Douglas sees Gary's pupils and Gary opens the garage door on oh. fucking Douglas. Yeah, that's fucking no oh, man. I love that. He's like, "Oh fuck you! We fucking saved you, you prick!" I'm like, oh. Oh, "I like that." He says, "We saved you," <laughs> but it's like, except I stuck a shotgun in your face and told you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah, right. But I, I, I love, I love Douglas. He's kind of like still trying to play it. He's like, "You fucking asshole!" Like he, it seems like just a major inconvenience. It's like. You would expect him to be like, oh, God, please, no, God, please, no, no. Yeah. But he's like, oh, you're a fucking dick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Malkovich, Malkovich knows how to hold a grudge. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. Uh, Olympia has a girl. Gary walks in all creep-like. You look so beautiful. Can I see? Dude, never, never let a guy who talks in a monotonous voice like that and looks like, looks like he's staring off into the distance like he's trying to see something 50 kilometers away. Uh, right, near he, your child. He looks like he's been dropping crystal meth just directly into his <laughs> eyes. It looks like he's about to go to Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I love that there's this it, like this almost weird fascination with kids. Um, yeah, because we also see this from the guy who's on the who's on the shore. He's like, "Oh, you got some kids there? I bet they're hungry." You know, blah blah blah. Like he's he's really trying to tempt them. He's almost kind of like, Hey, I got some, I got some candy here in my van. Like this, like creepy, really kind of like, um, like he even says like, Oh, Hey, there's a baby deer over here. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen one before? It's really cool. Like, yeah, like there's something that takes that to a whole other level. The fact that they're not like, Oh, we just want to rip your, you know, we just want to, we want to expose your kids to this. Like, um, the, like it's, it's more than just that. It's like, but, I don't think that the kids commit suicide. I think that there's something else. Like there's there's something even worse in store for them. What what it is, I don't know. But I I, I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. Well, I was gonna ask you that because he just inspects the two kids and then he goes and opens the shades. But like, what like what do you reckon happens? Like, do you think they like offer these kids up as like a sacrifice or some shit? Like, I mean, that's probably the worst thing that I can uh, imagine happens to these kids, right? Right, because I mean, like, I, I, what the kids? Oh, it's your worst fear, or blah blah blah, or this or that. And it's like, well, what, what would the kids? What would a newborn baby's worst fear even be? There's nothing, right? Like, there's nothing developed there. There's no regret. There's no no, there, there, no tits. Right, exactly. There, there's there's, <laughs> there's there's nothing going on. So, like, you know, like, is is that just are are they kind of like the new harpagers of this? Do they become like the Gary's of this like now or, or what? Um, and Gary fucking, you know, after he, um, well, no, I don't want to jump too far ahead. You, you go ahead. Cause I'm going to end up jumping way too far ahead. <laughs> but, uh, that's cool. Well, I was just going to say like, he opens the shades and Olympia gets infected and she just fucking like powers out of the window. Um, and Harry, oh, sorry, Gary holds open Cheryl's eyes, telling her to see, and man, she just stabs herself in the neck with the scissors twice. Well, one thing, one thing I don't get is the shadow. There's nothing physically there. What, what is the shadow that we that we're always seeing? Like we see it one well, night. That's, Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's a question that I was like having earlier because, like, if there's a shadow of the creature or like the entity or the entities, um, then that means that like they're kind of like physically there. But like, I don't, I don't. 
get it. Like, I don't get how they can't go through windows and doors, um, but yet they can, like, be anywhere at any time. It, Yeah, I, I don't get the rules fully. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of odd because I guess you could say, all right, I'm terrified of Tim Curry's Pennywise. You know, if I if I looked at this thing, it it just materializes as that, and everyone around it, you know, if you're looking directly at it, um, you know, it it becomes whatever that thing is for you. And I I can see it casting the shadow like like that, but like I I just I, I don't know. It's it's really odd because then at the same time there's a scene of Sandra Bullock where she's sleeping in the bed and we see the shadow go right past her window, and I'm like. Well, what form is it? There's no form to it right now. It's this, sure. it, it's this massless thing. Like, what, what is it? Um, and that's that's the only thing that seems odd to me. I think if they'd have just stuck with the whole wind and leaves like thing, but yeah, the, them adding the shadow and adding all this other stuff in is is or, yeah, it's it's just an odd choice. You know, it it, it visually it's cool, but it it's not really consistent with a lot of the the mythos that they're trying to set up. Well, that's kind of like what I was referring to at the at the top of the episode when I was like, I need a bit more. I need a bit more to chew on here. Um, I don't think it's like fully fleshed out. Uh, it, it just feels a little a little clunky sometimes. But uh, hey, what can you do? It might it might even just be something that was thrown in for the movie. It might not have been even in the been in the book. The yeah, fact probably. that there are shadows. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems like a very visual thing to add. So it seems like um, such a small thing for us to be on for like. 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Gary wants the children uh, and Douglas walks in. Dude, why did you announce yourself? Dude, I like, just, hey, dude, asshole. I, I, I but I, I fucking love Gary right there. He's like, he's like, Mel, come on, give me the kids. Like he's, he is so yeah. nonchalant. And that to me is oh, like, dude, I just got a cool yeah. chill thinking about it, dude. Um, I guess he actually, well, one thing, I guess, you know, he, he doesn't know where the fuck he is. If, you know, if he, if he's like, if he's like, Hey, asshole. And he kind of starts moving towards him, he can hear him and he can shoot him. But, but, but here's the thing, like Gary, Gary's like, he keeps constantly asking for the kids and he's kind of like going on to this. I don't know if he's monologuing or if he just keeps going for the kids, but like, like Douglas could have just like snuck up and pointed the gun at Gary while he was talking to get a better understanding of where he was in the room. Right. Like you can, you can follow the sound of his voice. I guess so. Yeah. I mean, there's, I guess there's no guarantee that Gary's not going to be looking right at you though. Like as soon as you walk sure, into that right. room. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can take a gamble on. Yeah. Right. Or if he shoots and fucking hits the kids or Mel, cause they're super sure. close by it. It's, and it's a fucking shotgun at point blank range. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do like that Gary kind of like starts weaving and gets closer and closer to Douglas. Um, and dude, Douglas just pulls the trigger and clips Gary. Gary just fucking NFL tackles Douglas over the stairs, but Gary, uh, I didn't see, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see Gary recovering first and he just stabs Douglas with the fucking scissors, man. This is Ugh, brutal. Man, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'm sorry that you aren't alive to see it. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Does anyone own scissors like these anymore? <laughs> uh these big ass fucking you not, know, not just, that big, but I've I mean I've got I've yeah. got, I've got a decent pair in the and the thing, but no, I I don't have the the fucking like like I I feel like you should have some type 1849 of eighteen forty nine style scissors, yeah. yeah, you should have some type of license to operate them. <laughs> they basically have their own postcode because they're so fucking big. <laughs> um, Tom wakes up and goes for the shotgun. Him and Gary kind of have a tug of war, but for the shotgun, 
Uh, and Mallory just hears two two gunshots before Tom walks into the room. I finished writing that sentence like before it even happened because I knew I knew it was going to be Tom. I was like, they're they're building this up, and I was like, there's no way it's going to be Gary. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Uh, cut to five years later. Um, this this is a pretty big time jump, but we all knew it was going to happen, right? Uh, Mallory's teaching boy and girl about being in an open space and clicking the rocks. Uh, she's a badass now. She's basically Sarah Connor. Uh, or, or Ripley in Aliens. Um, she's scavenging scavenging a home and two cars pull up. She hears the voices in the cars take off. Uh, Mallory runs back to Tom and their living quarters and tells him. Uh, I guess I, I do I do like this kind of like time jump because they're they used to be they're used to these psychos by now, apparently. Um, they they've kind of like adapted to uh, knowing kind of like how they operate, right? Like they just drive around in cars and uh, try and find out, uh, like, you know, who's living in these abandoned houses or so like so-called abandoned houses. Yeah. And um, I, I love, yeah. I love Amel's like that, that you utility belt that she has. She's got like a flashlight, a gun, a fucking machete. Yeah. Like I was like, dude, you are hardcore about this shit. Like, okay. Like she is not fucking around. Total Sarah Connor. Like, like you, you said you definitely hit the nail on the head earlier when you're like Sarah Connor. And I was like, fuck yeah. Right, um, I, and because it's like I, I've always heard you, you know, there's always been the debate between Sarah Connor and Ripley, and it's like, well, Ripley is like frozen and doesn't have to deal with this for like years, whereas like this sure, is like right. years later having to prep and prep and prep and become this person really fucks you up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they bang. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Look, look, look. Sandra Bullock is not unattractive, but Tom's kind of out of your leg, bro. <laughs> he's a he's a handsome man. <laughs> he's he's looking around. He's like, well, it's Douglas, oh. Olympia, or Mel. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna go with too, Mel. Bad, too too bad that chick's going with Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, ah, shit. Uh, damn it. Uh, the radio gets a call from a guy named Rick. Um, I just all I think of is Walking Dead. Yeah. Rick. Core. You can't protect him, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Shane. You can't protect him, Rick. Uh, Coral. Uh, he says they have. <laughs> he says they have a place, a compound with supplies and a community. Um, this kind of reminds me of Fury Road with the green place. Yes. Yeah, I was just like, damn, like they they're journeying so far to get to this place, just purely on faith, purely on like. Someone else's word. I love it. I dig that kind of... I, that's one of my favorite elements of Fury Road, dude. Um, Rick says that the fastest way there is a river uh, and that he doesn't know... He doesn't think that they can make it with kids. He warns them that they have to look uh, and basically follow the sounds of the birds to us. And the radio radio cuts off uh, while he's explaining that's our... You know, I thought, you know, the movie was kind of go somewhere else with that because they're both kind of like... They're like, that's our what? That's our what? I thought the movie, like, when they get there, like, it was going to be something that they didn't expect. But, yeah, Uh like, nothing really happens with that line. Um, But, yeah, they debate. Uh, Later, Tom is telling the kids a story, and Mallory's angry uh, because it's basically a lie. She... She's very uh, glass half empty. She wants to suppress their expectations of of the outside world, basically. I love this, man. I love this whole kind of, like, surviving is not living kind of thing right exactly um, it's like you know what's what's the point of 
doing all of this stuff if we're just going yeah. to i mean it's one thing like okay yeah we don't have you know constant water supply food supply you know whatever our lives are always in jeopardy but at least we have like stories we can sit around and entertain each other and, and tell them about a world that they have no idea anything about um yeah that that's super cool it reminds me of have you ever seen rain of fire yeah, yeah, hell yeah! Like when they do the the Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're doing that, I'm like, yeah, that's what you would do. You would pass on these stories, you know. Um, yeah. But I th- I think it's so I think it's kind of ironic that we have an artist who, for one thing, it's ironic that she's an artist visually. You know, the whole thing about the visual stuff. Um, yeah, but then also at the same time, her painting at the beginning of this is people who failed to connect, and here she is like like this is how you connect with these kids and you build stories with them. And Tom's great at it. But Mel is sucks. I mean, she's fucking terrible. Like she's the worst mom in the world. Um, I mean, even to the point of like, I get it. You don't you don't want to fill their head with full of like false hopes and stuff like that. But what's the point of all this if there isn't some kind of hope? Uh, that's even the toast with Douglas later on. Here's hope that there's something out there more than uh, the assholes and the dead. You know, for sure. Um. Yeah, because Tom says they need a mother, man, but, like, Mallory's just focused on surviving and not really enjoying what they're fighting for. So, like, what's the point? Well, I, like, think, uh, I think it's also easier for her to just focus on the survival stuff than to be a parent. She's like, I would much rather be out there getting my hands right. dirty and figuring this stuff out than try and figure out two kids. One of them, which is, right, it, isn't her, even mine. It's her, right, it's her coping mechanism for being a parent, basically. Right, it's a good um, scapegoat to ignore all of that stuff. Sure. The next day, uh, they break into a place. Mallory and Tom enjoy strawberry pop tarts with the kids. I, I like this moment; it's it's pretty nice. Um, but it's pretty short lived because the psychos pull up and just they just fucking start firing, dude. Like they don't like they don't even start talking to them. They just start firing shots. Um, Tom says, "If he's not home in fifteen, take the kids uh, to the boat and go." Uh, Tom goes out to the psychos and dude, do you know this guy? Um, I don't think I do. Refresh my memory. Uh, so the actor's name is David Dosmolchin, uh, but oh, he's from Dark The Dark Knight. Yes, 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 yes. The Dark Knight and more recently Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, he actually has an awesome guest appearance on Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man Beyond. Uh, I highly recommend listening to that, man. Like this guy, this guy's totally humble. He's, he sounds like a real nice dude. Um, but yeah, he's, it was, it was so like, kind of like weird seeing him cause he's now in these like big 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 movies so it's just like well, all right you're in bird box as a as a minor villain <laughs> yeah very minor um, like two minutes screen time yeah tom starts firing um and it's kind of a bit a bit of a shitty situation seeing as like you know they can see him but you know like he obviously can't see them um and he just takes one in the shoulder he takes off his blindfold flanks the psychos and he just fucking keeps his eyes open he's I, I like this sacrifice, you know, like he becomes, he subjects himself to the infection uh, in order to save the family, which is awesome. Uh, he powers through it and he just fires at David Desmoltron before taking his own life. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah. What do you think about his sacrifice, man? I, 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 you know, I thought it was touching. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's kind of, um, it's kind of inevitable as in like a storytelling plot. I think it's like the, it has to be the catalyst to push your characters like forward. Uh, and it explains a lot of Mel's behavior. You know, I, if you move, if you remove your blindfold, I will hurt you. You know, it's it, like, and even boy says later on, you know, he's like, she's scared of you. Like talking about girls, she's scared of Mel. Um, and I, 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 part of me is like, dude, like I, I've, I don't know, like I, I 
is it something like can, can you can you not just like keep your eyes closed and like 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 um or like if you feel this thing coming up behind you like he turns around and looks at it and i'm like fuck that dude like i would just fucking shoot that guy and then run like hell to get the fuck right. out of there man right right um and then we circle back to the beginning so we're we're, we're, we're already there um the only like and this is a kind of like what happens with flashbacks and prequels and things you know that eventually tommy's going to die um so you're kind of waiting for it it's just one of those things but not really much you can do about that uh and then we get to 42 hours on the river so this is pretty cool um mallory refuses to let boy sacrifice himself and look um and uh she's she's like she comes off as stubborn man and uh she wants to make the choice because we know that she she actually ends up loving her son um and you know girl puts up a hand and you see Mallory kind of like like buck and hesitate because it's not her child this is this is great acting from Bullock man i think it's just fantastic writing um like as a whole it's great yeah and that little girl kills it she absolutely Fuck crushes it, it man when she's like oh it might be me she kind of like Sucks in her bottom lip. She's kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, she she wears that, like, anxiety really well. Right. And, uh, you know, a few beats go by, and Mallory decides that nobody's looking. Um, and they go over the rapids. Have you have you ever been whitewater rafting? Uh, no. I have. And it is terrifying. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I remember doing it in Bali, like, a few few years back. It's it's kind of it's scary, man. Um but it's super fun. Like I highly recommend to do it at least once in your life. I think um, I obviously, think I, I think I would if I didn't have a lifelong terror, like crippling, terrifying fear of drowning. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, well, I'll tell you, I'm I'm very comfortable in water. So, oh, um, like I'm a great swimmer, and like I can hold my breath for a minute. But like, it, like, and I'll open up my eyes underwater. But it's just something like you drink and drink all you want. You still will never get out of it. I'm like, no God, that's terrifying, man. That scares the that fuck is, out of me. You know what? Between drowning and strangulation, those two are the worst ways to go. Ugh, uh, but I, I think I'd still, I think I'd still prefer to be strangled than drown. Drown, drowning might be the worst way to go. Yeah. Um, I think I'd rather be strangled too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> what a cheery podcast. Yeah, yes. Yes. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Kinky. <laughs> um, and I just said, man, I wrote down this is stressful to watch, like as they go over the rapids. Um, but the boat capsizes pretty quickly and realistically, right? Like you wouldn't last very long against that. And they all go into the water. Um, eventually, all three reunite with girl ringing the bell on the shore. What, where, where is this bell from? Where did she get this bell from? Did I miss that? Oh, yeah, it was in one of the houses. Um, she, she oh, okay. p- pops off and screws it and she even says to Tom, she's like, yeah, this would be like an early warning system for the kids. Yep. Yep. Um, and all the birds are alive and then they, uh, follow the sounds of the birds, which is the, uh, directions that, um, fucking Rick gave earlier. Uh, and Mallory hears Tom's voice. Uh, she trips and takes a tumble. Man, she trips a lot in this movie. This is this is a very horror trope thing. Uh, kind of rolled my eyes a few times. I mean, she is fucking blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. I, mean, I guess like, she has a good exa- like a good a good reason to trip. <laughs> there's actually a lot more. Where I was like, I expected more. Like, I expect I wanted to see more of like people like getting used to this because they're so good at it right away. I'm like, do me a favor, close your eyes when we're done with this. Stand up and try to walk out of your room and down the hallway without slamming into shit. And it's like, dude, well, it's. I, I, I'm, I'm good at it because I know my house very well. 
Right. <laughs> like, now, I, 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 yeah. And now I'm like, imagine you're out in the fucking middle of the woods after boating for like two days straight. Yeah. Like, dude, she's going to be fucking yeah. lucky to walk, man. Yeah. She's probably got like jelly legs and shit. Um, boy and girl hear the bells jung- uh, jingling as they leave. Uh, and they hear Mallory's voice and start to take the, take their, take their blindfolds off. Um, and Mallory just calls out and urges them not to take it off. Dude, oh, dude, one of my favorite moments of uh, Sandra Bullock in this movie, do not take my children. I love it. It's right, great. Yeah, it's that, that's really where she, her character starts coming around full circle. Right. You definitely hear it in her voice, man. Like she's Bullock, especially lately. She's been very understated as an actress. Um, you know, besides what was it? Ocean eight, oceans eight. Hey, that hated that movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, check out Gravity. Um, as technically awesome as that movie is, she is awesome in that movie, man. And she's by herself the entire movie. She's she she does she does desperation very well. She's awesome. I love her. Um, and Miss Congeniality. No, I'm just- <laughs> <laughs> and Demolition Man. <laughs> oh, I fu- she's so cute in Demolition Man. She is adorable she is. In, in Demolition Man. She cracks me up. Wait, you didn't want to? You, you, you did you miss the part where she does the hunker chunker with Stellarn? No, uh, yeah, the, the hunker chunker, the, uh, the simulated kind. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mallory finds boy. Uh, boy says girl is scared of Mallory. Uh, and Mallory apologizes for stopping Tom's story and tells them the conclusion of Tom's story. Uh, he saw the birds. He saw them together. She has so much she wants to show them. And then you get the shot of, like, girl coming over to Mallory. It's touching, man. And, um, you know, both, all three of their performances are fantastic. This is a, a great, I think a really great finale. A yeah. great way to end it. I, I, I like it because the girl is like, well, both these voices sound so similar. I don't really know who's who. And the fact that she relates a story that only Mallory would know is the thing that gets me. Is the, 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 That's the thing that kind of drives her into walking towards the real Mallory. And I, and I love that the, th- the thing that, the thing that you resent so much that you think is going to like warp their minds and like, you know, ruin them and think about all this, you know, think about this life they're never going to have is ultimately the thing that you have to use to be like, that, that saves them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I if it's really me, then I would know the answer to like this, like what's, what's this, you know, she, she's able to relate that. I, 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 I love that. For sure. And like, not only that, but like also like hearing the emotion in her voice, like this is the, like, because she's so detached in the entire movie, like she's she just wants to survive. She wants to do the bare like the bare minimum to survive. But like this is this is a whole new level, man. Like you know that she's being legitimate, um, and even like you know these five year olds can pick up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Mallory hears Tom's voice again. They run in the other direction. They're being chased by leaves, uh, and I just wrote, "This is legit. <laughs> the happening. <laughs> like this is the happening. They're being chased um, by leaves." Yeah, yeah. Uh, they find <laughs> they find a building and knock on the door, begging for help. Uh, and again, man, like you're kind of hammering home the fact that Mallory, uh, Mallory's come full circle as a character here because she said, uh, "Take the children," right on the like to the door through the door. Right. Um, yeah. Get their eyes checked. No, go on. No, yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah. That's that's very like self sacrificial, you know. For sure. They get their eyes checked and meet Rick. Uh, he tells them to take their blindfolds off, which they do. Um, kind of a little, maybe being a little too trustworthy there. I don't know about that. Well, cause like straight I, away. Like, are you talking about on her end or their end? 
on her end. Okay, yeah, yeah, because I, cause I wonder, like, at first I was like, well, these people aren't putting up a blanket, they aren't doing this, they aren't doing that. I was like, oh, they probably just put a bunch of blind people in, and they have, like, a, just a separated room from them. Like, we can tell if this person's infected or not. Like, they have, a, like, just a shit ton of blind people in there, maybe a couple of people that can see and, like, verify if they're if they're infected or not. Um, but, um, but, yeah, like, like I, I guess I... I guess I get it from a sense of like, at this point, she kind of has to, what are you going to do? Fight your way out? Like, like you're just going to have to accept the fate as it is right now, you know, fucking take it off. Just rip that bandaid off. You know, it's, it's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like leap by leap by uh, faith, not by sight. Literally. I guess so. Holy shit. Did you just make that up? That was awesome. Yeah. You, you fucking, <laughs> you premeditated, you premeditated that shit, didn't you? <laughs> Dude, that was actually in the rundown. He literally says that. Like the, uh, we, oh the episode God. we fucking recorded like an hour ago. <laughs> he, fucking, <laughs> he fucking literally says, leave by faith, not by sight. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Whatever. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention to that one. No, no. Uh, they let the birds go and Dr. Laffham finds Mallory and asks the kids uh, for their names. Uh, this, this, I love this. Very touching, man. Mil- uh, <laughs> fuck me. I, l- I wrote in my notes here, Malaria Names Girl. <laughs> Mallory. <laughs> Mallory Names Girl, Olympia, after her mother and the boy, Tom. Well, where, I am their mother. Well, where do they end up? Uh, like, in the blind, in the blind school. Yeah, like, the, the school, school for, for the blind. blind. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I thought you mentioned that already. That's why I like went over it. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I like, I think it's interesting. There's. A little separation from the book and the movie here. Like at one point, they're kind of close again on on Mel in the book, and she threatens to just cut out her own eyes. She's like, "I'll just cut out my eyes and just end all this now." And then they kind of like back away from her because they want her to see, they want her to accept it. They don't, you know, blind people are like just not useful to them. It's just a non-starter. So they're like, "No, we don't want blind people. We don't want blind people. Leave her alone. Leave her alone." And I'm like, "Oh shit, that's kind of cool." Jesus, yeah, yeah it's fucking dark. It's apparently. In the book, the way this ends is they get into the Institute uh, for the Blind and a couple people there have cut their eyes out because the, somebody said that the, that one of the infected people might have gotten into the School of the Blind. But they, they decided for uh, as a fil- from a filmmaking standpoint, they're like, you know, we've just we've come overcome so many hurdles. And we've been on this trip. And at the end of this two hour long movie, nobody wants to end on that note. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I think that's a. I think that's a I think that's a better choice. You know, I, I, it's still interesting for the book. The book's always better than the movie. Um, but for the <laughs> but 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 for the movie, I think that uh, I, for the movie, I think it's the right choice. I, I do think it is the right choice. Like I do like this ending. I like that it's a bit more of a lighter and a heartwarming ending, um, and, and it's kind of more in service of uh, of of Mallory as a character. Um, you know, like ending it ending it with "I am their mother." It's a, it's a it's a pretty good story arc. Um, and it is really kind of touching by the end of it. I was, I was kind of moved, man. Like I was not expecting Bird Box to move me, but it did. So, yeah, yeah. I, do, I do especially love the thing with all the birds. I, I don't know what it is about that. Like, like this whole thing seems like, like, like I, I don't know. I got a very like. Have you ever seen The Road with Viggo Mortensen? No, I want to though. It's very like The Road, even down to the point of like. They find a Coke at one point in the road, and he shares it with the kid because the kid's never had it. Same thing with the strawberry pop tart. Like the the like it's an it's like a it's like a name brand name brand product being used by people you know never never seen it around or anything. Um, but um, but yeah, I just uh, so I mean, what do you think? What are your what are your what are some of your final thoughts here? 
Uh, I liked it, man. Like, uh, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, you know, I, I'm i glad that you made me watch this and I wasn't uh, just being an asshole and just dismissing this movie because I hate people that do that, just dismiss movies, like, out of hand just because, just because they don't, like, on the surface level, don't like how it looks. Like, honestly, just give it a chance. But I'm glad that you made me watch this, man. Like, really... Uh, I, I did think it was a, it was more of a it was a much more personal story than I was expecting. Um, you know, if you take away the horror elements, there's still a pretty damn good uh, story arc with with Mallory and the two kids there, man. Like it's it's great. Um, it's not as compelling as The Quiet Place. I think that's probably the best movie to describe it to. Um, the Quiet Place, because you know, obviously, you've got the two sort of like sensors that are being shut down and you kind of like have to work around that in a horror context. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the quiet place does a little better and does the horror elements a little better. Um, and maybe I'm trying to like the, the, the story elements are very similar as well, because in that movie, you've got the father, um, the father and the daughter and the daughter like has this whole sort of like guilt thing. And, can't really like thinks that the I like, can't really connect with the father, so you've got that little aspect of it. And I think, to be honest, I think Bird, Bo- Bird Box hits that element over the head with you a little too much, maybe towards the end, a little too much. But yeah, no, I can, I can see that because like I uh, and I mean not to not to cut you off, I'll just jump into my like closing no, no, thoughts. No, I was pretty much done. Okay, um. Well, no, I mean you are done now because I'm talking. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> no, but um, I, I I do like this movie. Uh, the hype was too much. It's not that great. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's cool seeing Sandra Bullock. I mean, Netflix pulling down a name like Sandra Bullock is is a big deal. Um, you know, it's I I thought that was kind of cool. You know, um, it, especially with you know they're doing fucking like aren't they doing Velvet? Like Chainsaw, the new Jake Gyllenhaal thing with really Tony Collette and John Malkovich. Like I think really so. Kane. Yeah, yeah, really Kane. Yeah, really Kane for that man. Really good. Um, but um, but yeah, you know, I give it like a solid seven or a seven and a half out of ten. The first half nice. is clu- it, it, it's the first half is clunky. Uh, I do think they move a little too fast for their own good. Uh, they they can cut out some stuff, you know, uh, like like later on. Um, they, they do move a, a little bit too fast for the road good at some parts. And, uh, the exposition is a little rough. Charlie's character, like right there at the beginning. Uh, but I guess that's, it's some kind of necessary thing. Um, but at the same time, like I agree with like Charlie explaining to us what these things might be, but the fact that we don't ever see them and we have never have any kind of confirmation from it. Uh, I, I think it's more terrifying that it's just open ended and ambiguous. It's like, well, I don't need to know why zombies are zombies. I just know that they kill people and they eat brains. Like that's that's all I really know. So like the these things from Bird Box, um, you know, I think it's more ominous when you have these people saying, "Oh, it's so beautiful, it's so beautiful, you should look at it." And it's not like you know your worst fear or or, deep, or deepest darkest secret or biggest regret or whatever. It's just something so horrifying to you that would that would make you do that. Um, but all in all, you know, I, I like it pretty well. Um, I think it'd be interesting, um, you know, seeing how this holds up later on, like as the years go down the road. But I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's worth watching on Netflix. If you got it, fuck it. It definitely is worth watching like that. That's for sure. Like don't, don't skip past it. Um, I, I think it definitely is worth watching. If you had to score it, Colin, what would you give it? I think I'd give it maybe a, maybe a seven, seven and a half. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I just said. Thank you for listening, actually. Like, <laughs> like, like three minutes ago, I literally just said seven or seven and a half. So, <laughs> you, fucking <laughs> <laughs> you fucking cut. You fucking cut. We've been recording for a solid five hours, guys. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Um, um, no, go ahead. I, I, oh, no. While you were talking about um, Velvet Buzzsaw, um, well, next 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 week is my pick. So um, this is we haven't talked about the pick, uh, and I'm I, I kind of want to tease it already, but mm. I've already picked it. <laughs> mm. I'm actually kind of confident that you might like it. Okay. <laughs> um, Nightcrawler. Oh fuck yeah! I love Nightcrawler. Hell yeah! Uh, so guys, looks like we got fucking approval. We're, we're covering Nightcrawler next week, so uh, tune in for that. Do you have any other thoughts, Colin? Nah, Colin, man, I'm. Uh, I think I, I think I'm pretty thoroughly tapped. You know, I think I think for one thing, I mean, real quickly, like there's always like a lot of like hidden meanings with this. There's a lot of theories. Uh, sure. You know, what is it that drives these people to do stuff? There's theories that it's a um, yeah. Uh, a lot a, of it yeah. is less ambiguous. Right. Um, there's been theories that it's a, a conversation or, uh, about mental illness, you know, that, that we're all kind of like blind to it. And that, you know, the, like the people out there, uh, who are suffering from this thing, like, you know, want people to look at it and would see it for what it really is. Like, it's not this horrible looking thing. It's actually something that like a lot of people deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, there's obviously a lot of stuff about parenthood, about, you know, the, the, the tough, uh, choices that parents have to make. Um, and, you know, especially dealing with, with this type of situation. Um, but there's a lot of stuff. There's, there's some, there's some cool fan theories and and stuff like that out there. I don't really subscribe to any of them. Um, but I do think it's like, what is this movie about? And really, I, I think it's, I think it's just kind of about like, uh, it's, I think it's about fear and I think it's about, you know, the, the commitment of, of uh of committing of of just committing to something of, of of anything not people you know of of hey i was i i said i was going to write this thing or i was going to go to the gym or i was going to do that of like being afraid to accomplish your stuff because for me that's a very big fear uh is not accomplishing stuff that you set out to do or doing something half ass and just kind of stopping it um and i think that's a that's a fear for like a lot of people uh and i thought it was interesting with this because um you know, so like the the fact that this thing like latches on in that way, um, and it's and it and it it's your number one fear, but at the same time, there's this whole other undertone of like commitment to the movie, commitment to uh, this guy named Ryan, commitment to Tom, commitment to uh, Olympia to take care of her kid, like all this stuff. There's all these other. There's a woman who wants no responsibility being thrust into like seven different things of responsibility. Um, so I think it's, a, I think it's an interesting kind of like commentary on that as well. Uh, and the sacrifices you probably have to make as a parent or just in your relationships or whatever it is that you, that you want to be doing. But, you know, I, I think it says a lot about kind of like commitment issues and, and things like that, but that's just my two cents. There's one thing that, um, we kind of didn't talk about and I just want to like throw it in there before we like head off. Um, so Mallory is never in charge of the group. And, like, that's something that you kind of, like, come to expect from movies like this. Like, uh, like you know, if you have a lead character, you kind of, like, expect them to become, like, the in charge of this, like, post-apocalyptic survival group. And, and she's not. Like, I, I think, I'd, I'd say maybe even Tom is the leader, but 
like Mallory never becomes like the the leader of the group, and I like that it kind of like breaks that trope. But yeah, man, like I, I, there's nothing else that really that I can like say better than what you just did because I fully agree. This is um, the the struggle about the parenthood, man. Um, that uh, for some reason, uh, like all of that just 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 hit it hit me like it was uh it was it was great man and Sandra Bullock really plays this role really well uh the two children are great Travante Rhodes is great um even the smaller roles like John Malkovich's uh character is fantastic um this is a surprisingly solid movie and I wasn't expecting expecting it to be this solid but yeah but uh other than that man um let's plug the socials and get out of here what do you say Colin let's do it fucking awesome guys we are Midnight Double Feature. We've got two pages on Facebook. You can follow us, uh, our main page, which is Midnight Double Feature. That's where we post all of our official news. Uh, and then we've got the After Party as well, which is where we post memes and news uh, and basically have uh, cool discussions and things like that. So you can always follow us there as well. Um, and we also have the Instagram, which is at Midnight Double Feature. We also have the Twitter, which is at MDF Pod. And uh, you can find Midnight Double Feature pretty much anywhere. So we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, uh, basically anywhere where you can stream uh, all the good podcasts, uh, we're basically there. Um, as you just heard, we're covering uh, Nightcrawler next week, so I'm really excited to get into that. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, man, like it's been a great start to 2019. Uh, things have been moving, things have been moving well for the podcast, moving well for our, for each other. Um, and we're, we kind of like, uh, hunkering down on things and, uh, yeah, this is going to be a great year for Midnight Double Feature. So thanks so much for tuning in guys. We had a lot of fun covering Bird Box, uh, and we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 